How you doing, Sahida? <laughs> or should I say How Queen Queen Sahida? Is it Queen Sahida or Princess Sahida? <laughs> Which one? Empress Sahida. Empress. Oh, pardon me. I didn't mean <laughs> to call you a queen. Sorry. No. <laughs> Introduce yourself to Mind Your Biz. Okay, thank you for having me. Mind your biz. Yeah. <laughs> mind your biz. We want to mind your biz. Let's go. <laughs> um, my name is Saida O'Quinn. They know me as Organic Curves and Organica La Reina. Ooh. So I am a beautician, a licensed cosmetologist in the state of New York. And I'm also a plus size model and a singer and everything. What else do you want to know? Wow. What are you not? That's what I want to know. What are you not? So, <laughs> so wow, you're doing a lot of things. I mean, you're beautiful. You're getting people beautified uh, as a cosmetologist. You're modeling. Um, so what is your typical day-to-day -day grind consist of? Where does your time go as an entrepreneur? What, what, what do you typically do? Well, it's a 24-7 type of thing. You know, when you're an entrepreneur, you don't really have no set time. You're really 24-7. So I wake up early, early in the morning. And the first thing I do, I pray. I do pray. I go on YouTube and get into the prayer moment. Like I do like 15 minutes out of that. And then after that, I start my day. One of the things that I incorporated just to stay pretty and fit, I work out. I do like face massages, eyebrow massages, um, body brushing. I do everything. So I do a self-care routine for myself before I start the day. Because what happens, most of us tend to forget about ourselves. And our body is really the only thing we have. So... We have to care for it, and that way the body will care for us. And then after that, I check my emails. I get onto all my social platforms, do my posting, check my all of the things for the day. And then, you know, I cook something. Like right now is the pandemic, so I'm really mostly home more than before. Before, I'm all, I was always at the salon, but right now I'm mostly home. And I take care of clients here and there. I do my photo shoots. So it's it's crazy. My every day is different. It's a different task. So yeah. Wow. So you're doing a lot. You're keeping busy. So how how has your business changed from before COVID to right now? How are you still able to stay in business and keep money coming in? Well, I am really facing a huge challenge, and I know that most people in like myself that are small business that are boutique business we really took a hit right so what happened i've been in business for a long time i worked for other companies and then i went on my own but in 2020 i took a leap of faith and i reopened a new location in the um, financial district where i i partnered with a department store and when i went inside the department store i was hiring employees so now I'm, I'm branching out i have stations all of these things in january 2020 so just imagine opening in january and then you get shut down in march Ooh, that's a new rough. business a new location that's so rough. what i had to do honestly honestly when i when we were able to return back to work the biggest establishment they had to close down by force they weren't able to handle the the head, how do you call that stuff? The, the, the overhead that wasn't able to 
cover the overhead. So we had a force to shut down and that made me shut down. So what I did, I sold out all my furniture that I had invested in. I got rid of all of it. But you know, I'm a skillful person. Is um I, I have clients. So I merged with a company called Artisan Go and I take care of clients here and there. Um, when I go to like different salons and I actually rent by the hour, but renting by the hour, if you do it a lot, it, it's, it costs a lot more than having a complete lease. But that's what I decided to do because trust me, I would have been even in a bigger debt if I would have stayed in and, and say like, oh yeah, we're going to pay later because you have to pay these overhead later anyways. Yes. So I just pull out. I pull out crazy. That's smart. I mean, sometimes you have to, you know, cut your losses and not make get deeper in a hole. So you did the right thing. Um, and I know you're going to build back because if you got to that point, you'll get to that point again. It just might be delayed yeah. a little bit. So so tell me how you established your clientele and how did you grow your business? Because there's a lot of women, uh, a lot of men, too, who, you know, are in the beautician field and cosmetology field. So how were you? able to stand apart from them how how did you get your clients well you know i used to work for um sephora i always be, my fam i come from an extensive family of painters so you know my grandfather always told me i'm gonna make a living through the skills of my hands so i used to laugh at him i'm like yeah yeah whatever <laughs> and then when i got older i I went to Brooklyn College and I got a bachelor in um, um, of arts, a spe uh, specialized in film production, and a minor in theater and in business. So I said, you know what? I started interning for Universal Music Group and all these people. But every time we work in a production, they always say, Saida, we need somebody to do the makeup. We need somebody to do the makeup. So I ended up doing the makeup all the time. So I was like, you know what? Makeup artists just make money here and there. But what was secure a makeup artist in terms of licensing? And then I got curious and I went to Empire Beauty School and I got my cosmetology um, license from them because I wanted to be, I just don't want to be like a, like a regular makeup artist, like do the job, but you ain't nobody. You know, like you could just do the makeup, but you can't really touch anybody real skin. So I, I always like to have the right credits and stuff like that. So I did that. And then I got hired by I, I was I was going to school and I was working for Sephora and then I was able to um, work for Anastasia Beverly Hills I don't know if you guys know her but she's one of the big brow technicians in the world she does Oprah Winfrey and all these top celebrities so I, I was one of the good artists there and what happened when she couldn't do the job in New York I started doing her job in wow. New York so I started establishing a lot of um, celebrity clientele from her. And, you know, once the word goes out there and the publicists know about you and the work that you do, and then they say, well, oh, she's humble, she's nice, she's actually listens to our issues and stuff, and she give us advices, you know, to the rich, rich, rich. They need somebody to listen to, to, to they need to listen to good things and good energy. I started getting a lot of phone calls. So I started doing like movies just to do brows to celebrity. I used to wake up in the morning before a photo shoot or a movie to only go do celebrity brows. I remember like Sony Productions hired me just to do brows for two years straight. Just come in every 
two weeks, do brows for the top celebrities. So that way, it was all word of mouth with me. I never, ever, till today, stay paid yet for advertisement. Wow, that's that's beautiful. That's when you know you're doing your thing, when you don't have to advertise. It's all word of mouth. So yes. so what celebrities do we know got all browified by you? Uh, who do we know? Well, some of them, you know, some of them, like before the, the social media was, like they didn't really want their name out oh. there. Like, you know, some of them. But the ones that are okay with it, we could say like Nicole Ari Parker. I did Lala Anthony. I did... Rochelle Aids, Tamron Hall. Actually, you know what was so funny? When I was supposed to do all of the Kardashians, I was gonna be, because I worked with Mario. Mario, Kim Kardashian's makeup artist. Like he, he have this whole makeup line. I literally used to be the one doing the eyebrows and he used to fill in the brows. So after that, he became like big with Kim Kardashian's and Kim Kardashian cousins came up to me like, we heard that you the bomb, this and that. So I did a lot of the Kim Kardashian's family, not necessarily Kim Kardashian because she was signed to Anastasia. So listen, there's a business behind the business. All we so know. So certain people can't touch because right, once you touch them, you understand what I'm saying? I understand. <laughs> you got to be careful, right? Exactly. So all of so how that's how the word of mouth I did a lot of people from like Love and Hip Hop. I'm trying to remember, but um, Poppy Montgomery, she was from um, that this movie called Unforgettable TV Show series. I did her too. Let me see. But a lot more. Um, I would have to like really think. Yeah, it's, it's many more. That's beautiful that you were you know you kind of were thrown into it. You were great at it. Then you followed up, got your little credentials, uh, even though you probably didn't even need it. Uh, but you did it just to be safe, which is cool. We appreciate that um, for your professionalism. These great jobs that you've done. How are you leveraging that into a bigger business? Has it been challenging? Are you, are you on your way? Are you looking for help or investors or advice? How are you growing your business? I'm always looking for... It's been very difficult for me to get investors. I'm not going to lie about it. As a woman, when I come into the table, I, I, I really rub shoulders with a lot of very, very wealthy people and uh, even billionaires being around. But one thing is that they tend to look at me as the help, right? Like she comes to provide a service. It had been very challenging for me to provide that ideology like, listen, I'm an asset to you. Let's make some money together. You know, a lot of times when people are business people, they don't tend to see it because they're in that moment like, okay, she just come to provide a business, call it life, and they look at you as some sort of friend. So honestly, I build everything from scratch and my own mindset is the, and, and the help of social media now is the one that you know, allowed me to use my creativity to brand myself. I never got any bank help. I used my own money all the time. I never had the help of any investors yet, but I have a good idea of things that I want to do. But sometimes when you're doing so many things, it's hard because you can't build a whole empire by yourself. But this really what I created is a one man's army. Honestly, I never had anyone input yet. Wow. Well, that, 
that's commendable, and, and I can appreciate that, that you've done it all yourself because a lot of people get help and they have a whole support team. And, you know, so I can appreciate that. Uh, I don't know, you know, how people feel. But I did uh, Marla Maples. Oh, Marla Maples. Yeah. And uh -oh. I remember one time I said, I said, I should do Donald Trump's eyebrow. She's like, That's right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, <laughs> eyebrows don't have a political party, right? So you could do all the brows you want. I no, never did it because that would have that would have been something interesting for me to do is actually do his brows. But she didn't right. tell me like, don't anybody touching his brows. I said, okay. <laughs> no, that's great. So now, even if you if you've gotten an investment, what would you spend the money on? Because I find a lot of entrepreneurs they grow, you know, to a certain level of success. And they want to grow more. And the first thing they think they need is money. But it takes obviously more than money. It also takes a strategy with that money. So how are you going to use the money to, to grow your business and scale it? Well, what I have in mind, I would definitely like the model of a franchise. I would like to create a franchise model where we could have the same services in different different parts of New York, even go on uh, the U.S. and even on the global level. And I know that that will employ a lot of young people entering into the beauty industry. And I have a good way of technique that when people come, they tend to stay for many, many, many years. So that same model that I did as the one person, I would like to multiply it into a lot of people to, so it could be like you know how when you go on to starbucks but you do it in different ways and then some other people can literally like buy the name you rent the name and franchise from the model that i have in mind i do know that it takes strategy like you said to make it all happen and you need a team so that's my difficult task how is this business going to generate money for the investors are going to put money into it. But I've never been on a table with investors to show, to present my idea and, you know, proposal and stuff like that. I understand. So ultimately, um, yeah, you'd have to put a business plan together to get even an investor to consider what you're trying to do. Um, your mm -hmm. goal is very big and it's, it's great to, if you can get a franchise going. So, What's going to make independent um, beauticians want to join a franchise if they're making a pretty decent income independently? How are you going to attract a beautician to want to join, you know, a franchise? Because that's the biggest challenge, right? Is if yeah. they're doing okay on their own, why are they going to now pay to join a franchise? and potentially split their profits with a franchise. So did you have a plan for that yet or? Yes, it's pretty easy, very easy, very simple. As a beautician, when you're in an entry level, you don't have clients at all. By having a franchise business that people know about, people tend to go there. So this will be a great place where you can actually exercise your degree, learn and build yourself as a beautician. A lot of times, you know, after they build themselves, they want to go on their own. But you usually protect within a five year program where you can't, you know, you, you know, you can't just 
go down the block and take all my clients. There's rules and regulations to the game that I have in place in order to protect the business as well. But for entry levels, it's very interesting for them to come in, learn the craft and build themselves from there and attain um, clients because that's the hardest thing stylists have. If they just come out of school, they don't have no clients to go to and then they can't sustain themselves. So they need a company to back them up. And then um, benefits, you have to, you know, I always think about medical benefits. If, a, if, if an employee have great benefits because a lot of the stylists doesn't have this type of uh, thing. They make everyday money, cash money, but they don't have benefits. They don't have um, retirement. They don't have 401k. They don't have IRA. They don't have anything. And when they get a little older, like 40s, 50s, and their arms hurting and their back hurting and everything hurting, because this is a highly physical demanding job. You know, it's, we do a lot of, it's called wear and tear. So after certain times and you don't have these kind of benefits where most beauticians don't, don't have, they just work cash here, cash there, cash here, they, they don't have any benefits. So if I have a company that can secure that, that will let people be loyal to your business just because of those type of benefits. No, it sounds great. It sounds like you're really trying to put something solid together to help uh, new beauticians get on board um the challenge is again uh training the beauticians to be at the same level as or near the level of you because they are an extension of you so that's the downside of a franchise if one franchisee does a terrible job and burns off um you know some famous actress eyebrows um, it's going to come down on you. It's going to be like, where's Sahida? I'm missing my brow. You know, so, so that's, that's the downside of a, of a franchise is that if someone doesn't follow the rules, if someone doesn't, you know, maintain that level of quality, it could ruin your reputation or at least tarnish it a little bit. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Training is very important. You have to train the people. You have to pay them well. Like if, I always believe if you pay the people the right way and you charge the right prices and you train them accordingly and you, you know, you explain like, listen, this is not. And I always ask people that work for me. I said, do you love what you do? You have to love what you do. If you don't love what you do, don't do it. Because I don't want anybody with that kind of energy that you're dealing with people, with skin, with everything. You must transfer the energy of love that you love what you're doing so i will probably have a tough recruitment program and probably um you have to pass certain things in order to qualify to stay as a permanent you know that kind of stuff and people okay. will tell if you if you're working for me and you don't have clients coming to you you're not gonna survive because we have in incentive of commission tips most beauticians don't have a problem to be good to their customers because they want that tip so that's that's one of the things that it will ease us up like they're gonna provide good service because they they want that tip gotcha okay well that makes sense do you have any special tools that you use that you've created that make your styling uh i mean or do you do you buy them? I do you have your own line of products at all? Like, 
Well, I do like for the for the service because I'm a microblading artist too. I do buy from um, soft tap products and um, uh, fee brows products. So that's for permanent makeup. But when it comes to cosmetic, I utilize like this is my 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 brand. This is a, a brow gel. This what what it does is just um, tame your hairs. Men and women can use it. So if you have unruly hairs, like when you don't have time to come and fix your brows, you can utilize this and this brush them. So it's like a, a gel for your brows. So tame it down. You know, when you brush your hair, yeah. you tame your brows down. And I also have some others that I'll are take two. I'll take two of those. I, I need two of those. I got to tame my brows. They're a little out of control. Okay. <laughs> you have great brows. Hey. And then these are the ones with color. So you okay. see when you have brows and all of a sudden you start growing grays around oh your boy. brows. Watch out. And actually use the gel and color them so nobody will see that you have great um, brow hair. Okay. Then I have the pencils. I have the pencils too in different colors. Okay. Um, this is from Saida Brows. You can purchase it at www.saidabrows.com. And this palette is all the brow powders, different shades that you can actually purchase. And it comes in a small container. Oh, I think it fell somewhere. That's okay. So you, have, so you have a great little product line. Does your product line do anything different than other ones or generally... It's similar, but you, it has your own kind of, you know, your special colors or a special texture or you're just kind of mm -hmm. saying, you know, this is a great product and you put your name on it. Well, the thing with me is that I handcraft it in the sense like I pick products that I work with for many years that I like, that I know that is going to work. Because one thing I want to hear my clients come back and say, I love that product. I need another one. I'm not here to put my name into something I don't believe because I don't want anybody to return to me. Like, this is trash. I don't like it. So I make sure, yes, I put my name on certain products. I didn't make it myself or do the mixture myself, but I did test to see the quality of the product before I put my name on it. So these are like hand-picked products that I use and I believe in it. So yes, so it has my name on it, and then I provide it, sell it online. I sell the kit when clients come and visit. For you know, the kit is all seventy-five dollars, and it comes with five products inside. And each of these products are like runs about twenty dollars, twenty-three dollars. That's the price range, and that's when it comes to Saida Brows. But I also have another um, online store where it's all about accessories. It's called ThingsCurvy.com. And I created that site during the pandemic because I didn't know what was going to happen. And I saw everything going towards online. I'm like, how am I going to survive when I can't touch people? I need to think about something really, really fast that I can survive in these times. So I went into where I was born, to Panama, and I had the indigenous group from Kunayala create these, these masks. These oh, wow. are handmade masks. Beautiful. And they are, they actually raise in value. So wow. they tend to raise in value. Like oh, you can that. actually, it's handmade. Like That's beautiful. you have to take a little plane and a bus to go and um, get these. And some of them have like birds and you know, wow. you can see. 
different things like that different it's all unique none it of is. them are the same kind and, yeah and i created these two um products these are beard oils for men mm. one has a woodsy smell the other one has a see their leather and the reason why i created these men products beard is because i have a very large following in my plus size world and i said i need to create products where men feel comfortable they always say you always showing women stuff we love watching women but you don't have anything that we can purchase from you so i said let me start creating some products for men i mean i just started with these two so that's pretty it. And then I have this, this hand um, oil. It's called te, te Cuido. Cuido means I'll take care of you. So I'll take care of your hands. And the reason why I created this in this $14.99 is because during the pandemic, we had to use a lot of um, hand sanitizers. And then my hands were getting like ashy and cracky. And I needed an oil. So I started like rubbing on oils. And I said, you know what? Let me create my own oil. And I started selling that online. Nice. Now the sales were really, really good at one point. You know, now that it's January, I don't know if people don't have much money, more money now. Like, what's going on? I feel like the sales are gone down drastically. They're waiting, they're waiting for another stimulus check. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that check? So we can spend some more money on Sahita. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you know you got some really big goals. You did a great job by yourself making a product line, getting some great clients, getting your word of mouth going. And now it seems to me, and you know, I don't know everything, uh, but from what I'm hearing, it seems like you do need to invest to really advertise your product line because, you know, how are people really going to find out about it? You know, other than your circle of clients, have you already did any kind of investing on, in, into digital marketing yet? And, and really advertising? Um, no. I utilize my social platform that I created on my own just by having fun. I'll tell you a little story. So by me doing eyebrows, I traveled a lot. So when social media started, I remember um, doing brows and then posting picture of myself. So this company called Six and Beauty, which is Danny Rodriguez, he did um, help me out a lot when it came to social media presence. And he's like, listen, you can't post brows and then post a picture of your shape. You know, you're confusing the customer. What about you go and play a little and open another account? And I created, that's when I created Organic Curves. So they created of Organic Curves, I started posting all my travels when i'm doing clients over here finish then i go and i and i take pictures of the things that i'm enjoying it got it got so much attention that right now i have three hundred and two thousand followers on that social account right now wow and, and on they're... facebook page and on my facebook page i have two million followers on that wow. and organically i never paid anyone anything I never trigger anything. I never paid no marketing firms. It was only me like posting at a certain time and just having an eye. I, I guess it's like an artist's eye to understand what the media or the consumers want to see. And it was all for fun, but now it got serious where I am eligible to charge on Instagram. 
I am eligible to promote on Instagram other brands and get paid per clicks and stuff like that. But everything is just by, like, just for fun. And then I see, like, okay, so this is getting serious. And that, and then I utilize those platforms. And then I have a 15,000 followers on Saida Brown. So I use that same network on a daily basis to promote my stuff so far i never like i said i never paid out i do know i have to invest but i haven't done so this is not to degrade your movement but you've you've organically gained such a great following but and we encounter this all the time when clients come to us you know we have clients that had you know millions of followers and not making any money with it so what people don't realize it it takes more than just having a great following it takes a real business strategy to monetize uh, from that following. So it seems like, you know, you're doing what you're supposed to do, but now you need to make some really good revenue from this. And yeah. it sounds to me that you might need some help. And I'm not here soliciting my services, but you definitely need someone to help give you a strategy and now turn your great following into money. And that's where you are right now. Yes. So my best advice is, listen, you're great at what you do. You were great at building a brand, building a name, building a quality service, but you're not an expert at digital marketing and a, a business strategy that can scale your business to millions of dollars. So you need help. And Yes, I do. It's the hardest thing to hear when you're a self-made person. You've been independent, creating income for yourself, and you've had a, a level of success. But sometimes we all got we to get humble and we have to say, well, I'm not where I need to be right now, so I need help. And, and help costs. It costs money. Yes. It costs possibly a percentage of your business. But, you know, I, I, I always emphasize to to people like yourself who are doing great, but they live, they, they reach the ceiling. You got to get help and you have to do whatever it takes because but that, was the, that was the direction I was going. I was yep. trying to, but then the pandemic hits and it's like, oops, now I'm, what am I going to do? Oh yeah. Well, the pandemic, obviously it, it made everything more difficult, right? But there is a lot of opportunities during this pandemic because a lot of business are quiet and they are they're not investing as much so you have to kind of try to use it to your advantage in some way um the, the, the pandemic has actually leveled the playing field for a lot of businesses a lot of small businesses wouldn't normally get to to shine but now people are home more they're working remote they're online more so you need to use this as an advantage to to, to getting yourself out now that everyone's online a whole lot more you need to be out there more so they can find you so my best suggestion is you you really need to engage some kind of help um whether it be a business consultant you know a digital marketing expert um you need help and um you know we can and we could talk but after this no, clearly, okay. you, clearly you've been humble uh, and, and we're never we can never be too humble. 
So, uh, and, I, and, and you're not the only one, like I said. I know plenty of people who have made a great success out of social media, but they're not making money or they're, not, they're making very That's little true. money. And I tell people all the time is, great, you know, you did your social medias, you got this great following, now you got to do something with it. You know, you don't just, you know, snap your fingers and you make money from that. Most people that are doing great mm -hmm. in social media do not make money or do not make a lot of money. They really don't. It's sad to say it, but... And why is that? Because... Why is that? To make money, you have to be great at business. You have to be great at a strategy, at digital marketing. Um, you just can't be great at being yourself. And that's really what social media is, is people are engaged to you as a person. It doesn't mean they want to spend money. It just means they want to see what Sahid is doing, you know? So yeah, because I, I, I was reading about it like it's, it's versus followers and having an audience. An audience is the one that purchased what you provide versus the followers that just looking at what you're doing on a daily basis right. don't mean anything. Right? And that's what social media is. It's really just coming in and taking a look. It's not coming in and buying things. You go to the store. You go to an online store. You, that's where you buy things. You don't go to somebody's Instagram and buy things typically. Right. So you need to create a space of business where people are buying things and that's going to take a strategy. That's going to take investment. Uh, that's going to possibly bring it on a partner. And these are these are all, you know, strategies that some of the biggest successes of today came from that. It, it, they had a great idea. They had a great product or service, but they had to team up you know, with another person who handled the business side or the digital marketing side. Uh, so, you know, this isn't a failure. This isn't you falling short. This is now you need to step it up. You need to get somebody else involved. You're going to get another service involved. Um, because if you're not growing your business, your business is really dying. And I tell every, every entrepreneur, if you're at the same level, that's not good. If you're staying at one level, the only way you're, you're, you're going to go is either up or down. And in most cases, it's down um, if you're yes. not growing. All right. So I don't want to see that. You, you seem like, you know, you have a great energy. You have some great products. You have a great reputation. of, of And I want to see you grow. So I have a five star on Yelp for years. You five see? Star. See, there you go. <laughs> you need to leverage all this. So I'm yeah. telling you, you have all the, the qualities. So what do you really, what do you provide? What do you provide in terms of digital marketing? Well, with someone like you, you have a lot going on, obviously, right? So we'd have to analyze how to, you know, channel each one of your brands. Because it seems you, you have several. I mean, you're a model, you travel, you're a beautician, you have products. I mean, you got a lot going on. I'm like in a woman version. <laughs> Seriously. With no money. With no money. <laughs> hey, no. But that can change. That can change. <laughs> uh, you've already proved it that people like what you do. People like the way you handle your business. People are engaged to you as a person. And with those qualities, you're already there. You're already like right there to now step it up. I mean, I've taken a campaign from zero to three million in a few months with digital marketing. 
you know, it, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of money, you know, a lot of strategy. Um, it's not just something you just turn a switch on. Uh, and most of the time, you may not succeed right away. You know, it takes time. You have to fail. You have to do your research and development, try things out, see what demographic is really buying your stuff, not just looking at you, not just loving you, but who's buying your stuff. It may not even be in your audience that's following you. It may be totally different consumer. Mm -hmm. But the first goal would be to see how you can leverage your current following, your in-house people, all right? And mm -hmm. also turn you on to the world. The world needs to know about you beyond your in-house inner circle of followers because your consumer might not even be there, might not be in your circle. Maybe some of them are there, but maybe there's a bunch of people that need your product. They don't even know about you. So that's, that's the challenge. That's the strategy, you know, of, of putting together a really good marketing plan. So there's not one right answer. You got to try different things. You got to set up a strategy and, um, and, and we can try to help you. You know, we'll, we'll go offline. Uh, we don't want to give away our secret sauce to the world, <laughs> but I do want to help the world. And, you know, if anything, I hope some other entrepreneurs like yourself are, are hearing this out because they might need the same help. And it may not be from me personally or my companies. It might be from someone else. Uh, but clearly, you know, someone like yourself has built something and now you need to you need to make money from it. You need to make more money and yes. we can see how we can help you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, Sahida, listen, it really has been a pleasure talking to you. You have a great energy. I could Same see you. Likewise. You're going to be successful. You just got to make the right partnerships, take, get the right strategies and, and plans together. All right. That's that's it. Yes, I'm open to it. Great. I, I, I'm born ready. Good. I'm born ready. I was so born ready. We're going to talk after this. All right. So I'm glad that we got to mind your biz because uh, you got some exciting, <laughs> exciting stuff going on. So I'm looking yes, forward to buy, talking to you. Yes, they mind my biz. That's right. All right. Bye Success bye. and health. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.